We have seen ink put in to paper. Dan Lanning's contract is out. What does it mean for the potential of his coaching staff and his future at the University of Oregon? We will get to all of that, plus more thoughts on his opening press conference. Again, all good stuff. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spencer McLaughlin back for another episode of Locked On Ducks. Thanks for making this your first listen. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with your team every weekday. Remember to like and subscribe. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening right now. And I appreciate you continuing to follow along with the show. And by the way, Just looking ahead to what's coming later this week in the final two episodes of my first full week hosting the show, the first two guests that I've had here on Locked on Ducks. Tomorrow, first guest, it will be Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network. He's the director of broadcasting, the men's basketball and baseball play-by-play guy. You hear him doing sideline reporting on the football games. He's going to be on the show tomorrow talking about all things Oregon Ducks. And then on Friday, super stoked to have on Clint Shamblin, who is the host of Locked On, the Georgia Bulldogs, to give you an insider's look from a fan's perspective about Dan Lanning and what to expect from our new head coach and why there's reason to be so optimistic about him being the new head man for Oregon football. But for today, uh, some final thoughts on the press conference that I had that I didn't get into on yesterday's show. And then we've got a contract as well. And I think that it is really good for the school. And I'll get into that in the latter portion of today's show. But uh, the press conference, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, I thought Dan Lanning was impressive, carried himself well. He had a lot of energy. He had a lot of passion. It has been you know, a really good couple of days for Oregon Ducks as the Dan Lanning era has begun. And though he doesn't get any credit for this, also just wanted to note, fun fact for you, Kayvon Thibodeau and Verone McKinley are the first Oregon teammates to be All-Americans in the same season since 2014. I'll give you a second to see if you can think of which two guys were the All-Americans in 2014 for Oregon football. The first one should be really easy that being Marcus Mariota. The second one, Ifo Ekpre Olomu. That was the last time Oregon had two first-teamers. So again, just more momentum, more positive vibes for Coach Lanning to be able to come into at the University of Oregon, which I think is super exciting. And it certainly doesn't hurt. You know, when you have a couple of guys who are playmakers like that at a high level, it's you know something that, that gets your program's name out there helps with recruiting, that you have a capability not just to recruit high-level guys with Kayvon Thibodeau, but that you can recruit someone like Verone McKinley, who was a three-star prospect and is now, as a sophomore, a first-team All-American and really turned into an outstanding player this year. So shout-out to KT and Verone for outstanding seasons. Very well deserved. So Dan Lanning had a line that I didn't talk about in the press conference yesterday that I, I thought was really telling as to the character that he is and the approach that he brings as the head coach for for the Oregon football team. This was the exact quote. 
He said, I'm not asking for you to trust me. I'm asking for an opportunity to earn your trust. And he was saying that with relation to the players and the fans as well, but with regards to how he is treating this opportunity, how he feels about his first head coaching opportunity. Because remember, he's been a grad assistant, he's been a position coach, he's been a defensive coordinator. This is the first time he's been a head coach. And he also said that he wants to stay at Oregon, or he said, I'm going to stay at Oregon for as long as Oregon will have me because he views this as an elite job. He's from Missouri originally, but he went to William Jewell College there. He addressed that in the presser, said, this is a premier job. He's thought of it highly for a long time, and he is really excited to have it. And I think that absolutely came through. But one thing that was pervasive throughout his press conference. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You could spin it as a bad thing if you wanted to. I don't actually think it is. And I'm not just saying that because I am an Oregon fan. If I think something is not good or concerning, I'm always going to tell you. I will always, always, always be honest with you with my thoughts. And if you want to get your thoughts talked about or answered here on the show, remember you can hit me up on Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks. Use the hash use the hashtag ask LOD pod. That's ask LOD pod or just DM me directly. But something that he showed throughout the interview as I was talking about before was he had sort of this nervous energy about him almost. And I think that's okay, because he's 35 years old. He's 35. That is really, really young. When when you look at the other coaches that are in the Pac-12 or just across the country, there's not a lot of guys who are head coaches, not just of a Power 5 program, but of a major Power 5 program, like the University of Oregon, that has become a perennial power in college football, the favorite just about year in and year out in the Pac-12. You know, it's not as if he is going to Arizona to try and, you know, rebuild that brand because they have fallen off a cliff and I wish Jed Fish, their head coach, all the luck in the world because they just don't have a lot of momentum down there. Though I have a buddy who's an Arizona fan. He worked there for a little bit and he said they partied like the Super Bowl when they finally won a game this year. But... 35 years old, first head coaching gig, you're at a big-time school. I think it's okay that he had a little bit of nervous energy. Number one, it wasn't a tentative sort of vibe that he was giving, right? is It came through, uh, to me anyway, as an excited nervous energy. And I think that that matters because I don't want a guy who's coming in and is thinking about, is the stage too big for him? I don't think that's the sort of nervousness that you know he showed from time to time when he stumbled over a couple words or you know went off script and you know kind of had to you know, gather gather his thoughts not in a major way but you know just little moments where he you know he sounded human you know he just sounded like a regular human being talking during that particular press conference and i think being comfortable in your own skin like that and comfortable in that environment enough to the point where you're okay to stumble over a letter or a word or a pronunciation and you know it does it doesn't phase you and you just keep rolling you still keep that high motor high energy i think that that really really matters and it, it was okay to me to see that you know 
he was excited to be there because that's how it came off is, yeah, he's got a little bit of nervous energy, but not the point of, oh my gosh, can I do this? But more of, you know, this is finally here. This is the moment that I've been waiting for, right? He talked about how he'd been writing down names on his staff for years or who he might want on his staff for years because he thought about this day for a while. And I think that, you know, he was genuinely thrilled to have that opportunity. But when you work in a particular industry and then you finally get to that first major milestone as he's doing this, his first head coaching gig, that's how you're going to feel. That's how we would all feel. And I like that he was okay showing that because if you're going to be a great recruiter, which it looks like he is capable of being, you have to be authentic. There's another side to that with regards to his staff I'll get to on the other side. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks. Bowl season is here. The Alamo Bowl is just a couple of weeks away. I've been telling you about prize picks for a while, and if you still haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, prize picks makes college basketball more exciting. Prize picks, it's daily fantasy made easy. They're the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football and basketball props than anyone in the world, all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not even have heard of. Prize picks offers any prop you can think of in basketball. You can play points, rebounds, assists, threes, and more. Each of you that deposit and use the promo code Locked On get an instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. You pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, and you you can win up to ten times on any entry. And it's just you versus the protected numbers. It also allows for mixed sport entries. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com. Use promo code Locked On or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Also, this is it: the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash NCAA. So with Dan Lanning being a first-time head coach at 35 years old, which is very, very young, there is something to be said about experience, right? I mean, Nick Saban did not win immediately. They lost to some nobody team the first year he was at Alabama, and eventually they have built a uh, perennial power, the likes of which we haven't actually seen before in college football. Dabo Sweeney was hired as the head coach at Clemson in 2009, didn't win a national championship until 2017 after the 2016 regular season. So it, these things can take time, and you have to have been there as a coach to you know, establish your own identity, build the right type of roster in your own image, figure out what works for you, your play style, all that sort of stuff. It takes some time to get there, and some things you can only learn by doing, right? You can watch 
a thousand golf videos on how to swing, but that doesn't mean you're going to be good at actually hitting the ball until you go out there, you grab a club, and you actually learn how to do it. You put in the time, you put in the reps. But as the staff begins to get filled out, and by the way, he's already made his uh, his first hire with uh, Coach Johnson, which I, I think is great, and I'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Coach Lanning's lack of experience doesn't concern me because he's been around great coaches. You know, Mike Norvell, we'll see if he ends up working out at Florida State, but Kirby Smart is a great college football coach. There's just no other way to put it. And he has been joined at the hip with Kirby Smart for the last few years. You talk to Georgia people about that. But it doesn't mean that I don't think having a veteran presence on the staff, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive coordinator, wouldn't be supremely valuable and helpful for Coach Lanning. And, you know, he's made the offer to Dillingham. I talked about that on yesterday's show. Go back and listen if you haven't heard that already. But me personally, I would love for Oregon to be able to try and uh, to try and swing big, right? And go for a guy who's not only experienced, but also proven as a coordinator. Because Dan Lanning is sort of the young, energetic guy who's up and coming, I think having a veteran presence would be able to help, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So I would love to see us go after you know Dan Mullen or Tom Herman to, to be there. But even if it's not one of those guys, I would like to see, at least in the early part of his tenure, for him to have someone who's you know been there before and, and to help him get through the, those sorts of growing pains that he's surely going to experience as a head coach, just because everybody does. Again, I think he's got the potential to be a great head coach, but it, it doesn't mean there isn't still a learning curve here. Uh, one other thing in the press conference, I love that he felt comfortable. I was talking about that earlier in the show. I like that a guy is comfortable enough to not just make mistakes, but also you know joke around and have fun. Because it tells me that when he says he enjoys his job, that he actually means it. And I think that that is important. And he had this great joke. A reporter asked him about, hey, you haven't been a head coach before. And he said, well, uh, I want to correct you there. I was a coach of a third grade basketball team when I was in high school. And we were, we were damn good. It was a damn good team, is what he said, which is just a great line. And I like that moment a lot. And maybe I read into it more than most people. But it tells me that he's prepared, right? So the question didn't catch him off guard. But it also tells me that he's willing to be himself. And I think that's important on the recruiting trail. And, you know, within the context of a game, I want a guy who knows what he is as his core identity, but also is able to recognize what is needed in the present moment. So I, I like that moment and, uh, and, and thought I would share. But let's get into his, his contract now because ink was put on... The paper today and the details are out and I like the contract a lot. I think it says a number of things about Oregon and about Dan Lanning himself. So the contract is six years, $29.1 million plus incentives per year. And for those of you math whizzes at home or who just pulled out your phone to do a calculator, Little, uh, little, little division right there. That's about 4.9, 4.85 to be exact, million dollars per year on average for a six-year contract, which is not up on par with the other big deals that, say, Mario Crystal 
Cristobal got 10 years, 80 million. Mel Tucker, 10 years, 95 million. Lincoln Riley making seven and a half down at USC. It's been a little bit, or it is, I should say, a little bit less than that. And I think that there's a perfectly good reason for that that will end up being good for both sides. And I'll tell you what that is after I tell you about Bet Online, which has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Also, this holiday season, don't compare Built Bar to holiday desserts. We don't want people to feel guilty about enjoying the holidays. November 30th through December 23rd, you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors. Raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. They've got it all. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. Tell Santa to throw in a few Built Bars into your stockings. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Okay, so the contract pays Dan Lanning average of $4.9 million per year, six-year deal, plus incentives. And it's not up there as you know one of the big contracts that we see in college football with you know, like Jim Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley, Mel Tucker, Nick Saban. And one of the reasons for that is, and probably the biggest reason, is that he's a first-time head coach. And I would imagine that if he comes out and wins, you know, 11, 12 games a year over the first two to three seasons at Oregon, he probably gets an extension and a raise. But I think this is a great number for Oregon to be able to get a guy like Dan Lanning at if he is as good of a coach as we think he could possibly be. Um, and just for your information, just because I you know, prep for the show a, a little bit, like to make you a little bit smarter as a college football fan, just for reference, you know, this is $4.85 million a year. Harbaugh makes $8 million. Ryan Day at Ohio State, $5.65. Lincoln Riley, $7.5. And Kirby Smart, the uh, former head coach for Dan Lanning when he was at Georgia, makes seven and a half a year. The good news about this contract is, is it leaves enough money to pay assistance well. Which when you're a first-time head coach, as I was talking about earlier, having the right staff around you is so crucial. It always is, right? But when you're a good program, like the University of Oregon, we've seen this over the last couple of years, other schools want to come and get your assistance. Mario Cristobal had a couple different offensive coordinators, a couple different defensive coordinators, because they got hired away to other schools because when you win other schools say wow we want some of what you are doing so we're going to offer your coordinator uh, a head coaching gig over here and so I think that you know the first staff has the potential to be perhaps the best staff 
under Dan Lanning because they're going to have this much money. And like I said, if he wins at a high level, they'll have to give him more. You won't have as much money in the pool. But, you know, Phil Knight has also got uh, a fair bit of cash and wants to see Oregon win a national championship. And I think that he's doing everything he can to do that. But when it's your first time as a head coach, having a good staff around you is even more important than you know, when it's your fifth or 10th year, right, is Nick Saban has had a lot of good coaches come through his staffs, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin having success at Ole Miss right now, and like he was an offensive coordinator for Nick Saban for a couple seasons, and uh, Kirby Smart was a defensive coordinator, right, Saban assistants go places all the time, but Nick Saban has been there for so long that he doesn't need to have the exact same assistants there in order to win. But speaking of that staff, and I touched on this a bit earlier, Dan Lanning has made his first official staff hire. No, it's not the offensive coordinator position. He is retaining coach Don Johnson as the director of player personnel. Johnson just got to Oregon recently within uh, the last year and was a big part of the best recruiting class in school history in 2021. And just because it's not a guy who you are going to see on the sidelines doesn't mean it's not a really impactful hire. He got to Oregon in January of 2021, and the number six class in the country for this particular uh, recruiting class for Oregon, the class of 2021, was the highest rated in in school history. And you know th- this hire to me demonstrates what's Coach Lanning, one of the things he mentioned in his press conference, and this is what he said about you know recruiting players and the coaches that, that they had there. He said, quote, To be really clear, we're going to recruit the best, and the brand of Oregon has never been stronger, and we can go into any home, and we can go attack and sign the best players here in the University of Oregon. That approach doesn't just happen on Wednesday, referring to National Signing Day, when many of you are probably listening to this right? We can go get any player in the nation with this place, with our resources, so I'm excited to do that. I think going after this hire, which a lot of people had pegged as, you know, kind of the first coaching target for Dan Lanning, is a great success for him, and, you know, as I said at the start of the show, he's just kind of keeping the good times rolling, and you could say that there's not a lot to hang your hat on at this time as a head coach who hasn't you know, had the opportunity to show what his team can do in a single game yet, but he did well at the press conference. He's already gotten two players to say who are high-impact players or will be in the coming years at least. I think Seven McGee probably has to wait to be a high, high-impact player one more season. Once Fidel and Die move on, then it'll be Byron Cardwell and Seven McGee as the next one-two tandem for Oregon running backs, and they'll mix a, a, a probably more powerful guy in there as well. Though I think Cardwell could become Travis Dye, where he's got kind of that sneaky amount of power. You don't think of him as a powerful back, but go watch Travis Dye in short yardage situations. Outside of the Utah game on the road, I can't think of an instance where, you know, it was a third and one, we gave him the ball, and he didn't pick it up. I, I mean, it just... He, he just finds a way, and he's got enough strength, and uh, I, I think he's a really well-rounded running back and is only getting better. But he's already brought back a couple guys, has Coach Lanning, which I think is huge and speaks to his ability to you know, relate to these recruits. And it, it's just the epitome of everything I've been talking about, right? All the energy in the press conference and 
what I was talking about today about him being, you know, uh, showing the human side of, you know, having the nervous energies, not afraid to make a joke, not afraid to make a mistake. He's prepared, but he's also willing to adapt on the fly. At least that was one of my takeaways from the press conference and when he made that, that joke about the third grade team. Like, I loved all of that, and I think that it's already shown with his ability to keep those guys who had very real options to go elsewhere. And Seven McGee would have been a highly coveted target in the transfer portal. Instead, he'll be back to Oregon. And Bennett Williams may very well have been drafted in the NFL. Instead, he said, No, I want to go one more year and wanted to play for Dan Lanning. And you know, the, the first hire on the staff. And by the way, Don Johnson receives should get a lot of credit for keeping Seven McGee as well. Because McGee said in a tweet that after speaking with Coach Lanning and Coach Johnson, he's decided not to enter the transfer portal, which is great. It's why I'm excited about this hire because as the director of player personnel, Don Johnson has done an outstanding job thus far. And, you know, maybe over half the battle of college football is recruiting. If you have better players, you can just win games. I mean, Mario Cristobal had Marcus Arroyo as an offensive coordinator. They won a Rose Bowl together, basically on the back of having just better players than the team on the other side. Because I think we can agree that between Arroyo and Cristobal, there are some shortcomings in terms of in-game management and creativity in the offensive scheme. I think they got better under Joe Moorhead, but those two guys won a Rose Bowl because they just had better players. <laughs> they just had really, really good guys, and Coach Johnson has been a part of that this year, and I'm excited that he is sticking around at the University of Oregon. That's it for today. Remember, we've got our first guests coming up tomorrow and Friday. It'll be Joey Mack of the Oregon Sports Network tomorrow, and then Clint Shamblin of the Locked On Georgia podcast to give a Bulldogs perspective on what to expect from Dan Lanning. That will be on Friday's podcast, and more great guests are coming down the pipeline. So like and subscribe if you have not already. I'm Spencer McLaughlin. Appreciate you listening. You make the show happen. Hit me up on Twitter anytime you want at smalls underscore 55. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.